Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. What I've learned about Liverpool FC this season by Shane Clancy. Just before I start, a little warning that this magnum opus by Shane here is about twice the usual length of pieces here. And as a result, it means you're going to be spared my little ramblings at the end, which is quite the result for you. And also for Shane, who won't have my rambling idiocy pinned onto the end of his lovely work here. So, on with the piece. Once again, I've found myself schooled in football fandom over the last nine months. Some lessons I've been educated in for the first time. Others I've shamefully realised should have been taken on board many years ago. That shame stemmed from an age-old occurrence of once again counting my chickens before the eggs were even laid. I got carried away, sucked in by the gathering speed of that train called Momentum. Yes, at Christmas I allowed myself to believe that we were going to win the league. I think it was Mane's late winner at Goodison Park that did it. For a 36-year-old, that's not easy to admit. I've been here before, after all. We willed Rafa and his army on in their challenge of 9 the Rodgers team of 2014 looked like it was going to do it at last. And now we had Klopp's unstoppable attacking force. Third time's a charm, isn't it? I could not escape the feeling that there may well be an element of fate involved. Unfortunately, as we know all too well, just like with Benitez and Brendan, it didn't continue that way. But this isn't a depressing reflection on what might have been. Rather, I want to take a step back and give an honest assessment of the LFC situation now in comparison to last summer. Believe me, it's mostly positive. The head honcho. This season, I'll remember Klopp showing just how authoritative he can really be. But Sackogate broke my heart. Did he really have to lay down his law with arguably our best centre-half? I can't pretend to be privy to any more than you about what caused the rift to form between Herr Klopp and Monsieur Sacco. But there it is, and it doesn't seem to be healing. Most managers seem to possess an insanely stubborn streak. Maybe it's required for the role, but surely our 49-year-old boss wouldn't let some petty personal feud interfere with the bigger picture of Liverpool. I doubt it. There has to be more to that whole situation than we know. Confidence in youth. We've seen Klopp give opportunities to some youngsters as the season's progressed. Woodburn, Ajaria and Alexander-Arnold will have gained invaluable experience from the game time they've been afforded, with the latter now being considered a regular member of the first-team squad. This is what Klopp loves. He wants to mould and create. He's helping a developing talent to fully realise their potential. Gets Klopp going far more, it seems, than the possibilities of what he can get from a marquee signing. Inactive January. 
Such characteristics were much of the reason why I was so happy when Liverpool acquired the German services. I was struggling to remind myself of that in January, however, with Sadio Mane leaving for the Africa Cup of Nations early in the year. We turned to Klopp to see his plan B. It was a case of, well, what do we do now, Jürgen? We've had at least four months to plan for this period, but Klopp did not delve into the transfer market. There would be no quick fix, as he put it. The bad news was that Mane's absence deprived us of any chance of a realistic title challenge. On the other hand, however, how likely was it that any Mane replacement would have hit the ground running and been as effective as Mane himself? Not very. Talking tactics. Tactically, Klopp has stuck with his offensive style of a fluently integrated front three, even when fit Sturridge has fallen victim to the system. Klopp doesn't seem interested in having an out-and-out striker as the focal point for his team. Firmino has been favoured there due to his ability to perform the most relevant duties for Klopp's pressing style. The goals have been coming, but defence is still the main area of concern, as it has been for years now. For periods, Klopp experimented with a three-man central defence, with wing-backs pushing on. For the most part, however, it's been the standard four at the back, with the DM dropping to split the centre-backs when the Reds are in possession. We've seen this in place since the Rodgers era. It used to be Gerrard dropping back, now it's Henderson, Lucas or Chan. From Klopp's team selections, I would be very surprised if Moreno and Sturridge were still at Anfield next season. Moreno has been a very small bit part presence since his poor second half of the 15-16 season. Behind the scenes development. The backroom team is one area where Klopp and co have managed to make some big signings. Two staff members poached from Bayern Munich were Mona Nemmer, the club's new head of nutrition, and Andreas Kornmeier, yes, the guy who looks like Klopp's double, as the head of fitness and conditioning. With Liverpool's ultra-intense style now in full effect, it's great to see the club is able to get the backroom team members necessary to keep the squad's condition at the optimum level. On the pitch, first things first, the squad still does not have enough strength in depth. That needs to be remedied, either via more successful transfers or flexibility in the coaching methods and the players' styles, so that they can play to the strong points of those on the pitch at any given time. So if we don't have a like-for-like pacey attacker to replace Mane, then the team, as a group, needs to be able to accentuate the strong points of Mane's understudy as well as any other attackers on the pitch. This is where a fully fit Daniel Sturridge could play a part, but therein lies the problem. When is Daniel Sturridge ever fully fit? Goalkeepers Surprisingly, or maybe not so, Loris Karius was not the answer to all of our prayers. The 23-year-old arrived from Klopp's old club Mainz last summer. However, he arrived with what may have been an unfair weight of expectation on his young shoulders. We had struggled to accept Mignolet as our number one in recent years, but Karius looked just as shaky in his first few months at the club. In my opinion, Klopp has made the right choice in taking Karius back out of the spotlight and getting Mignolet back into the first team. I do think that Klopp still considers Karius as his long-term number one, but the pressure of replacing Mignolet may all have come a year or two too soon for him. As for Mignolet, there has been a noted improvement in his performances over recent months, particularly in his command of the penalty area and claiming crosses that need to be claimed. He may have burned his bridges with many fans, but if he continues to improve the way he has been lately, then I would be glad to see him hold on to the number one spot for the immediate future. The defence. Clavin and Matip were brought in to bolster the defence. Clavin generally has looked sluggish after a decent start. For now, he just seems like he can fill a hole when needed in the easier games. 
many times over the season, we've seen Clavin so obviously targeted as a weak spot by the opposition. On the wrong side of 30 now, Clavin may not get much more playing time for the Reds after this summer. Matip has been excellent. He seems to ooze that class and calmness that we've missed at the back since Sami Hupia was in his prime. He helps those around him. See how well Lovren plays alongside Matip and how his performance levels drop so low without him. Lovren has just signed a new long-term deal, so Klopp must have some confidence in him. It will be interesting to see if this summer Liverpool attempt to bring in another centre-half. Moreno is surely leaving, as it mentioned earlier. Milner has spent the season at left-back. If that is the case in August or September, then the transfer committee and Klopp will need to have a serious discussion. Klein has been average. Defensively, more often than not, he's okay. Offensively, his delivery is shocking. He should by no means be considered a 100% starter for Liverpool if we are looking to mount a title challenge. I'm excited at the prospect of Joe Gomez getting some more playing time next season. With his injuries hopefully behind him, he could learn a lot from a central defender of Matip's quality. The middle of the park. On the Anfield Index Writers podcast last July, I commented that I didn't think Henderson had the mentality to be the club captain. I have eaten my words. I always felt Henderson's professional attitude was 100%, but I didn't know if he would be strong enough to lead others. Then, he went and had his most impressive season yet at the club, until injury cruelly cut it short against Spurs in February. Henderson has settled into his on-the-pitch and off-the-pitch captain's duties with ease. Maybe it's because the shadow of Gerrard is no longer hanging over the first-team squad. Not only has he shown his mental strength, but also his tactical know-how by adjusting to the deeper role that Klopp has asked him to fill this season. Up until his injury in February, Henderson was doing it, and doing it very, very well. Elsewhere in midfield, there have been other success stories. Lalana has been excellent, in a slightly more central position than what he's used to. Ginny Wijnaldum has had a very good debut season, and along with Mane and Matip, would have to be considered as a transfer success story. Wijnaldum's also begun to develop a very pleasing habit of popping up with a goal in the big games. Emery Chan has been impressive in Henderson's absence, and scored Liverpool's goal of the season recently at Watford. Chan has noticeably improved his shooting of late, and we may well see a higher contribution of goals from the big man in the coming years. Lucas has also played his part this season. When called upon, he's played centre-half, and in his more natural position as our defensive midfielder. As always, Lucas has come in for a lot of stick. Yes, he's slow and can commit clumsy fouls, but for the most part, he can be considered an average squad player. It all depends if average is good enough to play a part next season. With an improving Emery Chan, a fit Jordan Henderson, an evolving Lalana, and an impressive Wijnaldum, I feel the midfield is of a good standard for next season. An established DM may be an option to improve the midfield as a whole, but other than that, I see no obvious changes that need to be made. Up front, Mane, Firmino and Coutinho, that is Klopp's first choice attacking three. Origi is the first to come in when any of those three are missing. Sturridge seems to be a reluctant fourth choice for Klopp. I don't know how that happened for Sturridge. I consider him to be one of the best finishers I've seen since Robbie Fowler's time. But in the modern game, more and more tasks are being assigned to players all over the park, and forwards are no different. Klopp's holistic approach to sourcing the goals from his team means that a natural striker or poacher is not a necessity. Bad news for Sturridge. 
Bobby Firmino may offer fewer goals than Sturridge, but he does get involved in more interlinked play with the other attackers. He also hassles and harries defenders more than any other player I've ever seen. Since Firmino's arrival in 2015, many of Liverpool's goals have been created through his tireless effort, forcing defenders into pressurised mistakes. Mane has been a storming success, a brilliant debut season from the wide attacker. His pace and movement ensure space is created for the others in Liverpool's attack. Coutinho was in fantastic form earlier in the season. An injury before Christmas took the wind out of his sails and he has only recently looked like getting back to his early season level of performance. An injury-free summer break should see Coutinho back to top form come August. Origi still has potential, but this season has been disappointing from his viewpoint. Everton's Funes Mori inflicted a serious, twisted ligament ankle injury on Origi towards the end of last season. Previous to that, the young Belgian international had been in the best form of his relatively short Liverpool career. Maybe next season he can hit those heights again. In summary, as we seem to say every summer, it's the squad depth or lack thereof which is the biggest issue. When players like Matip or Mane are missing, the difference in performance is too obvious. This summer is going to be huge. Klopp's project is well underway now. There can be no more talk from fans of this not being his team. I think he's the right man for the job and there was definite progress made in the last year. He seems to be here to stay and that makes me happy. Can he bring us the title we've been craving for 27 years now? I know he believes he can, and right now, that's enough for me. The triumph of the main stand development is there for all of us to see. The Liverpool fan base has shown that it will be packed every week. This means good news for any further expansion plans that are rumoured to be in their infancy. The club will have 470 seats added to it this summer. Anfield is nicely set up for Champions League nights. We're so close to bringing those nights back. Let's see it through now. If this time next year I'm riding after a more serious and sustained title challenge, along with a good showing in the Champions League, quarterfinals at least, then I'll be a happy man. After that most comprehensive of pieces from Shane, I will say only one thing. If you like this show, will you please tell somebody else about it? Will you spread the word? Do whatever you need to do in your various multi-headed social media existence and get it out there and tell people about it and let's grow it and grow it and if you like the writing that i do you can follow that over on the website that's anfieldindex.com and anything that i write i tend to record as well here on ai audible thank you for listening to ai audible you can read this episode's article along with many others on anfieldindex.com you can download our ai channel app on ios and android you can find all our AI Audible episodes on Twitter at AI Audible and on AnfieldIndex.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.